wouldn't it be neat to hear another law show from the same type of attorneys talking in the same monotone voice saying the same old things over and over again uh no This is Legacy Lawyers. On Legacy Lawyers, you get two big things. Number one, we talk about the juicy details of cases that our law firm has dealt with. Of course, changing the names and details to protect client attorney privilege. And we dive into what options the clients had to choose from to fix their situation. Number two. Number two. You get educated about how the effects of not doing planning can be devastating. Let's get into it. This is Legacy Lawyers, and here are your hosts, Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. Hey, everyone. What's going on? Nathan, we're going to talk about some updates today. Does that sound good? Yeah. Recent developments. Recent developments. There you go. So for those who have listened to our podcast over since kind of the beginning, it was some of our very first episodes, right? Yeah. We talked about two celebrities that are dealing with some estate planning issues. Um, We we talked about Tony Shea, who passed away unexpectedly and left a lot of things on (laughs) post-its. He left his estate plan on thousands of post-it notes well, it wasn't even a state plan it was like his business records no i know i'm joking that would have been nice if it was a, kind of an estate plan yeah and then britney spears britney what? free britney hashtag free britney yeah um we did a two-parter on britney that one was there was so much to talk about with that one and there's been some recent developments on that so so why don't you tell us about turn. some uh some tony shea developments okay awesome so just in case someone listening now did not catch the earlier items or has not heard about tony shea he was the founder of zappos which was a huge company sold it to amazon and um a shoe website of all shoe things website yeah that went like he mastered selling shoes online yeah, to the tune of like billions of dollars. So when he sold, um, he stayed on and was a CEO. And he has he had a lot of other projects, a lot of real estate. Um, he, <clears throat> and shortly before his death, he'd actually purchased um, millions and millions of dollars of real estate in Park City, Utah, which is not too far from me and Nathan. So um, his his death was totally unexpected. It was accidental fire and the smoke um, killed him essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so very tragic, very sad, but after he passed away, the family could not find any type of estate plan. He had no will or anything. And so um, his dad and his brother petitioned the court in Nevada to become the executor of his estate. And they were granted that now, all the news reports kind of talked about how 
Tony's behavior leading up to when he passed away was kind of erratic. Um, there might've been some addiction issues there. And so he had some, all sorts of different business some mental health issues as well, based on some of the things. Yeah. He was definitely. doing some pretty weird stuff, like messing around with like body weights, um, just really extreme things. And dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous things. Mm-hmm. So with that, he, I mean, it kind of, he sounded like his social life. He had kind of a mix of people in his life. Um, sounded like he had a lot of enablers and then some, and then he had some individuals that were um, trying to get him help. Sound like mm-hmm. they tried an intervention and were trying to help him out, but it's, but yeah, he was a good guy. Like he lots, super generous. Um, like during the beginning stages of the pandemic, he like single-handedly kept a couple of businesses in park city functioning just by having using him for things really need or want, but just did it. Cause he knew these, this family business that he really liked needed the help so well eventually after the executor is appointed in a in a probate like this they have to sort through everything they have to say okay you know what what contracts what business deals you know what agreements are valid which ones should we honor which of these should we not um, yeah, well, and the fact that they're on post-it notes, like I can't even imagine the nightmare that is. Oh, it's been probably so hard. And, and then, I mean, you can imagine like contacting these, some people make, so what was your arrangement with Tony? <laughs> um, my arrangement was that he was going to give me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I think of that course. was probably what several of them said, right? <laughs> hmm so there's a there's an article now um with one particular um i'm not sure how to pronounce her last name but um she goes by mimi and she was according to this article his assistant right hand person and friend for 17 years so she worked with tony for a really long time and actually um it looks like i mean there there was a time where they had the same address listed on their driver's license, like utilities for Tony would be put in her name. And it sounds like she kind of did a lot for him to, as far as like day-to-day stuff and keeping things organized. Um, I'm assuming he didn't like to deal with a lot of that. And so it looks like she was really on top of that for him. Well, it was- the point where Mike has a suspicion that maybe there was some romantic <laughs> involvement at some point. I, it, I don't know. It You're feels like it a little. But, I'm speculating. But, but, but that's okay. We can speculate as long as we say we're speculating. I mean, reports, reports say Tony had a girlfriend at the time of his death. So I don't know. Who knows? But mm-hmm. they were very close and to the point where not only was she his assistant, but 
they were also, according to this lawsuit that she filed, so uh, Mimi filed a lawsuit, actually a couple against the estate. And in the lawsuits, it's claiming that they had some business contracts or business dealings that the estate is not honoring. So Tony's dad and brother, for whatever reasons, have decided, yeah, we're not, we're not going to do this. And so they have basically stopped these business arrangements. And um, so she sued them. And obviously, it must have been pretty like, yeah, this is over. And, and do what you got to do because you don't file unless your other solutions have been. Yeah, it's that's a last resort. Like you're burning all goodwill at that point in time you're essentially you know it's it's adversarial the gloves come off it's gonna get bloody i think this should be interesting for anyone listening who is a business owner i mean if you could kind of put yourself in either side shoes right like if you if you imagined you passed away and you have your business running like depending on the type of business, you might have different contracts, agreements, um, situations going with business partners or joint ventures. And if all of a sudden you were gone, then whoever's, you know, taking over your estate, are they going to, are they going to be able to continue these projects? What's those, what's going to happen to those business relationships? Are they going to be able to complete the deal or is it going to be just dead and what would that look like a little bit it, it's depending on the type of your business it's, it's an interesting thing to think about yeah and it, it it's kind of it's a lesson to business owners that like i don't think i mean when i think about my own practice there's things that if something happened to me you wouldn't necessarily know about to be able to take over and handle just because we're both really busy and we mm-hmm. you know eventually you'd figure it out but it wouldn't be easy so how many business owners have you know the components of multiple deals in their head at one time but nothing's been reduced to writing and how far are they into the negotiations how far are they into actually making an agreement that could be called an oral contract um could your business fulfill a contract if something yeah. happened to you? Like, yeah, exactly. So you've promised to provide all this work. So and... in some regards, we're laughing at the post-it notes, but that might be more than what some <laughs> business owners it actually might, even right? have. No, I've talked to people. It is. They just, they just do, they just say, Hey, this is what we'll do. And they just go off of their word. So the first lawsuit, Nathan, is from a company that um, Mimi had that was going to run a or manage um, a type of club in Park City called the Big Moose Yacht Club. And they would, That's I think cool they name. That is unique, huh? And basically the agreement said that she would get 100% of the profits from the venue, um wow that's good that's a good gig so but 
Um, according to the, her complaint, one of the executors told local officials, so I'm guessing Park City, that um, they were taking over the management of the venue and that a property management firm was hired to take it over and they were replacing her. So she's like, hey, I had a contract to manage this. You guys are terminating it. And I bet you their position just looking at it and like, I mean, it, it's a contract that gave you 100% of the profits. Like that doesn't benefit the estate at all. We have a fiduciary duty to the estate to, you know, maximize the benefits. And so this contract's not a good contract for us. Yeah, but it doesn't, but it doesn't surprise me at all that Tony would yeah, enter into that agreement. That's totally his uh <laughs> he's so unorthodox. MO. Yeah. That's totally like if, if it didn't if it was counterintuitive in business, he would do it. Yeah, so I mean like it's kind of a tricky idea if you think about it, because you know, if Tony was still alive, he might feel like, no, that contract, I did that on purpose. I don't care about maximizing the profits for the estate. Yep. You know, this is my friend. This is someone I worked for for years. I want it to stay. I want her to keep managing that venue for me. Yep. What are you doing? And you can actually do that in your estate plan, Nathan. Did you know you can put in there that, <laughs> hey, you don't have to maximize profits. You can, you can focus on fulfilling my wishes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you imagine how fun it would have been to put some of Tony's um, unique ideas and approaches to business and stuff into writing in an estate plan, like the discussions you would have had with him and his reasoning for doing those things. And then how you would lay that out so that it'd be enforceable and it'd get honored. I mean, it would have been a really cool experience and it's too bad that for everybody involved it's too bad that nobody ever had an opportunity to do that with him it is so but at least here this one sounds like it was a written contract um so this one maybe wasn't one of the post-its so yeah and then the next claim um so she had a management company like in, th that would manage investments. Um, so Tony had a documentary film company called mm -hmm. Pickled Entertainment, and they had different projects going on, right? And um, so her company would help manage the investments. And, um, and I, the documents say that about $17.5 were invested in that company. And um, so by cutting her out of that, um, there's gonna cause their claim is they'll be irreparable harm caused by taking her out of that because she's been managing that for them. So I don't know, I mean, it's a little vague because the complaint was redacted in a lot of places, but um, all in all, I think- Is that because it's happening inside of a- probate that had to be redacted or I'm not sure actually I didn't look at the complaint and I don't know Nevada might just be a type of jurisdiction that does redact a lot of the public record on the complaints um uh, there was in in the I thought in the article it had a little more detail about exact values of the complaint but I'm not seeing it 
So, so that's, that's started and, and they haven't responded yet. Right. So it's kind of up in the air a little bit on, um, okay. So yeah, here it is. Um, so I think the total claims, um, filed against the estate by her is about, um, all the contracts cause there's multiple contract disputes, um, about 90 million worth of creditor claims against his estate. Which sounds enormous, but like compared yeah. to what his overall estate is worth, it's. The, the, I've seen several numbers, but 840 million was the most recent yeah. one. So that's a, that's a decent chunk. Yeah, I mean, they're claiming almost an eight. Yeah, a little more than 10%. Yeah. There's, there's, there's me doing math again. <laughs> No, yeah, that was close. Yeah, that's about it, right? About name. <laughs> Sounds about right. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting, and I think, I think it's uh, this family. I mean, we could, we will probably be able to do an update in oh. three years from now, Nathan. Are you kidding and say, me? Three hey. years? <laughs> we'll, we'll be able to do one every six months. I mean, this is the first. Are these the first two lawsuits that have been filed? Um, I believe so. Yeah. No. I mean, so given the number of of agreements and post-its and things hanging out there. I mean, this could, this could go on for 10 years. Easy, mm -hmm. easy. It could, because I mean, they're just going to keep throwing money at it. Right. And yep. maybe they'll settle, but I get a feeling. Well, and I'm not just saying this particular, these particular lawsuits, but I'm saying there could be, people coming out of the woodworks for the next, you know, two, three years. And those lawsuits could, could be strung out over a period of who knows how long. So, I mean, I think to, to think that this whole estate would be wrapped up in, in the next 10 years, I'd be pretty impressed if they managed to do it. I agree. I agree. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a, huge process for sure so business owners try to get use your... post-it notes as your main method of keeping track of business deals not a good it's not a good idea <laughs> oh my so. gosh and i totally get why people skip it sometimes right it just takes time and everyone's busy and they want to just get things done. Yeah. And I say that. And as I look around my desk, I mean, I've got like pretty important stuff scribbled on legal pads. And like, if somebody, if something happened to me, you guys would be in here trying to figure out, Oh my gosh, where did he put the information for that? But you know, if I walk in here, I know exactly where it's at. You do. I've proven that time and time again, that even though my desk is, generally looks like a tornado hit it i can walk to a pile and pick something out but that doesn't mean that you guys would have a easy time of it if something happened to me so let's have nothing happen to me first of all please um, we should fix that we should we should listen to our own uh, advice and fix that nathan yeah, you want me to come that. in there and it's been attempted before and um I do okay for a little while and then I tend to relapse. 
No, I'm getting better. I am getting better. We've gone paperless on a lot of things and that's cleaned things up. So just give say, me time. Give me time. It's a process. It, the struggle is real. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought a little bit of COVID, a little bit of us trying to get there anyway. Like I feel like a lot of it has been dig digitally saved. And oh, so yeah. there's most of it. I mean, I'm, we don't I'm have to go through your desk as much. That'll be good. Yeah, no, you don't. You don't. But all business owners do that, though. I bet you everyone who owns a business is listening. They have certain yeah, and, things and, that and, I mean, just I'm isn't fair. Out you a little bit. You're not perfect either, Mike. No, I have a I have a couple piles of special notes. I've that, seen I've seen scribbled things that are pretty important. Yeah, I got some I got some legal pads and legal notes with key stuff on there that it just kind of gives away how old we are and I'm gonna lump you into that because um I mean you still grab a legal pad before you go into a meeting. I've seen it. I, I like the legal pad. I like the legal pad too. Writing all the notes. And I, and I, it's is. weird because typing, I like to type too, but it's just like, if I'm taking notes on something, it's just so much easier to just jot it down, but mm -hmm. frustrates the heck out of our staff that are trying to help us go, the team's trying to help us go digital and we just keep dragging them down. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else we need to know about Tony, the estate of Tony Shea? I mean, we'll just kind of keep an eye on some of these lawsuits and see yeah. what the damage really is of not having that estate plan. So, Okay, cool. Cool. So let's shift gears. We did a two-part um, two episode on the Britney Spears conservatorship um, in California oh, about a month or month and a half back. And... So um, there, there was a hearing, I believe it was yesterday. It was um, uh, April 27th, I think. Oh, so two <clears throat> days ago. So it was on Tuesday, hearing on Tuesday. And I think this was just a regularly scheduled. So the last big development was the adding of Bessemer Trust as a co-conservator with Jamie um, Brittany's dad. Um, that happened back in February. And I guess we should back up for anybody that, yeah. I mean, I don't know how you could not know this, but um, <laughs> it's possible that you don't. If you haven't listened to our prior episodes, you didn't catch our Brittany um, episodes. Brittany Spears, um, she's been living under a conservatorship for the last I think it's 13 years now that's which is as i was looking at that that's I, I knew that at one point but just seeing it again that's a long time she was 26 when this thing was put in place she's now 39 um she had some pretty erratic um behavior in the mid 2007 you know, yeah 2007 2008 uh, at which point um her her dad, her family, people close to her felt like it was important that they step in. And I think when somebody that young 
um, when you have a conservatorship going to place. I think, I know when I saw it, I thought, oh, this will be a fairly, they'll, they'll, they'll put it in place, they'll manage it for a little while, she'll get stabilized, they'll release it. But here we are 13 years later um, and it's been a really weird, bizarre ride. Like um, they've kept, so the conservatorship is in California and it's a conservatorship of the person and a conservatorship of the estate. Um, conservatorship of the person means that there's somebody that gets to make decisions about medical care, about who she interacts with, about where she goes, about where she um, lives, where she lives, bodyguards. She's been under basically, I mean, they call them bodyguards, but I think a lot of the um, people that are part of the free Britney movement, there's a whole movement of, on social media of people that have kind of keyed in on this and wondered, is this all above board and raised a lot of questions and Brittany's actually acknowledged them on multiple occasions and uh, just recently indicated she's been like happy with the light that they've shed on it and given her an opportunity to um, kind of express her feelings on it. But uh, that's the guardianship of the uh, person or conservatorship of the person then conservatorship of the estate is all the business dealings. And as we detailed in our prior episodes, Jamie, her dad has been um, largely in control of, well, completely in control of her, her finances since the beginning of the um, guardian or the conservatorship. And I just, in one of the articles that I've looked at this morning, um, even though uh, Bessemer Trust has been added as a co-conservator, I guess there's been, that's been a pretty slow transition in terms of them coming in and being able to actually take over and start doing things. So uh, some commentators are saying that he pretty much still has full control over the estate at this point. And I'm sure that'll change as time goes on, as Bessemer Trusts gets more involved. But um, so the, the hearing that happened two days ago was a status hearing. And I guess the topics that were intended to be discussed were um, centered on some of the business of the conservatorship uh, fees and, and costs and things of that nature. And those got pushed off until July. But the big development was that Brittany's court-appointed lawyer, she attempted to hire a lawyer of her own choosing and that guy was not able to, the, the court rejected that and appointed Samuel Ingham to be her court-appointed lawyer. And he, um, at the hearing, indicated that Brittany is now requesting an opportunity to speak to, to attend. So I don't think she's attended hearings prior to this, maybe, but not on a regular basis. But she wants to come to court and she wants to speak to the judge in open court um, on an expedited basis. And you, we both found it funny and I guess also kind of 
typical that the court said yes we'll do it on an expedited basis uh she can she can come on june 23rd which is like a month and two a half months. from now almost two um, months from the hearing yeah almost yeah. two months from the hearing that's, the fastest that's expedited so so understand people that when you leave that when a court has control of your estate um that's what expedited means if if your family if you pass away and your family needs money and your estate is tied up in probate two months is expedited right you might Every, not feel like that's expedited but in the court's mind that's like light speed mm -hmm. And that's every time you ask the court for something. So <laughs> that's every time the court, if the court has several things that it needs to decide for your estate, then that's why you hear, Hey, yeah, they're still three years later. They're still in probate. Oh yeah. That's why. So, so there's the, uh, her attorney did not specify like what she wanted to talk about, but you know, there are people whose jobs and hobbies and what they live and breathe for is to fill in those gaps. And so I've seen multiple headlines where um, people quoting sources close to the 39 year old star. I don't know how they're getting sources close to her since she has bodyguards that keep people away from her. But anyway, you know, We've seen that happen a lot. Sources. Um, maybe it turned maybe out the bodyguard be, is the source. Yeah, maybe the bodyguard's oh. the source. That could be lucrative, leaking information yeah. about what. Anyway, um, and it's not probably hard for people to guess what she's going to talk about, but the speculation is, is that she's going to be talking about her ongoing um, anger, frustration, um, with having her dad in control of her career. And she said, I mean, she's basically taken the position prior to, to now, and that's been an ongoing thing that um, she refuses to work as long as he has any control at all over her estate and her career. Um, so well, and she's had virtually no interactions with him for several years now and so my well, guess is, is that this is what her this is the quote of her her attorney in, back in november um about this is what her attorney said about jamie's dad my client it has informed me that she is afraid of her father mm -hmm. and then later mm -hmm. on in the hearing he said she will not perform again if her father is in charge of her career mm, there so we that's go what, that's what the that's the quote i found it yeah, and I and I don't think that I don't think anything's changed with that. Um, she's still taking that position, but I mean, there's been discussion about her wanting the conservatorship to be completely terminated, and so there might be something along those lines. But definitely, I think we're going to be hearing about her, you know, ongoing frustration and and not wanting to have her dad control her career and her finances. When she says she's afraid of him, I mean, it hasn't remind me, maybe I'm off, but didn't he have a couple of, didn't he have a physical altercation with one of her kids, one of her young kids? Yeah, I think that was reported. So, so I think there's some, yeah, issues there. Yeah, but, and it's always been like a little bit 
like there's just a lot of weird stuff about this particular conservatorship and some of it has to do with I mean I feel like anytime you're dealing with celebrities there's potential for weirdness but um, a lot of kind of stuff that raises eyebrows that um, leads people to question is everything above board how does she feel about this so hopefully um, you know this this hearing in June will be the um, you know, her opportunity to tell us what she really thinks about what's going on, like in her words, as opposed to on bizarre social media posts. Do you think she'll try to get the whole thing done? I'm done. Yeah. Like the whole conservatorship. I don't know. I think it's possible. I think anything's possible, Mike. That's true. Anything is Um, possible. But, but, but what do you think? Well, I, I have no idea, but I would say that based on what I've read, that there's a chance that I think it's, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, she's for sure going to be elaborating on fear of her dad, frustration with having him control her career. And I think there's a very, very good chance that she's asking, um, the court to completely do away with the conservatorship and that would need to be accompanied by a petition um if so it'll be interesting to see if between now and then her attorney files a petition and that that's you know open for discussion at the time that she appears on the 23rd of june well i think um it will be super interesting i i like um, like, I think why else would she want to talk if it's not to like terminate the whole thing? Yeah. Or, I mean, at the bare minimum, get finished getting her dad removed as the conservator. Yeah. Oh, I but, think that's no question but, that that's part of it is to have I, Jamie completely taken out of the picture. Yeah. I think it could be for whole thing so what'll be interesting is um i don't think they've ever really sealed information in these proceedings but um it'll be interesting to see if jamie wants tries to have the whole hearing be sealed um Mm -hmm. and made private and i would be I would think that'd be the complete opposite of what Brittany would want. I think she's probably viewing this as an opportunity to speak to the court of public opinion as well as the actual court. Um, But one thing that we can be assured of is that there will be a a massive contingent of people from the Free Brittany movement outside that courthouse. Um, They'll have if it's allowed, they'll have people on the inside that will be providing real time, like text transcription of that's what they did last time. That's what they did last time. And then that'll be going up like real time on social media. So that's something that we could, you know, you could really probably watch unfold in, in real time, assuming it's not sealed completely. 
So Nathan, are you going to record a podcast on June 23rd? <laughs> well, that's what I was about Real to say. Real I, I don't know. Maybe we should. Um, what what date? Is, what day of the week is the 23rd of June 2021? It's it's a Wednesday. Oh. So maybe, but we still before we before we make that promise to to our listeners, we have to first of all determine whether or not the hearing's even going to be open for people to attend. Okay. We'll we'll research it and we'll give an update if we're going to okay. be able to <laughs> live live podcasts. If, if we do that, hearing. there's a chance that we get contacted. What were the two girls' names? I'm going to forget them, but Oh, in the documentary. Um the yeah, if you watch the documentary which was called what was it called? Um had a had it open. Oh man. We might have to edit this. Found it, Nathan. It's called found it Nathan it is called framing Brittany framing Brittany how could we forget that I don't know so check yeah, it so out she cried for two weeks after that which I don't I don't man I could see that that was it was a rough watch for anybody let alone the person who was featured in it so so anyway um yeah we'll decide if we can do a, a live podcast during the hearing but probably not um but if anybody wants to follow that i'm sure there'll be multiple ways to to do that that'll be super interesting so that's all i have on on the recent britney developments cool well um i think with that being said that covers our update nathan so everyone yeah. have Thanks a good one joining us everybody we'll look forward to being with you next time You've been listening to Legacy Lawyers with Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. We give you the juicy detail of cases that our law firm has dealt with. We take out the lawyer talk and legalese and show you what options some of our clients had to choose from to fix their situation. The effects of not doing planning can be devastating. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook and Instagram at Voyant Legal. Call us at 801-951-0500 or send us an email at team at voyantlegal.com. And for commonly asked questions, hit voyantlegal.com slash resources. We'll see you next time.